things that used to be leading indicators, things that used to give me a sense of what's going to happen in the future just aren't there anymore. 2020 has been a year where we're basically navigating in the fog. Welcome everybody to In Conversation with Shopify Plus. I'm your host, Jason Buckland, and it is great to have you along for our interview series where we speak with the very best and brightest in business. Our guest today was just 27 years old with a degree in English literature when he took over his family's Etterware business in 2001. Back then, the company founded by Danny Reese's grandfather pulled in a couple million dollars each year in revenue, much of it by making private label goods for other brands like L.L. Bean and Eddie Bauer. Today, Canada Goose is the name you know well, a true luxury brand, one of the few to ever actually come out of Canada, and the maker of celebrity love goods that bring with them an undeniable air of status and exclusivity. Stick around with us for the next little while because Danny is going to tell us why, at a time when everyone is rushing to go direct to consumer, the value he still sees in wholesale, we are going to get his thoughts on retail, about what a Canada Goose store needs to be now, and how 2020 might have changed that trajectory for the company. And if you're stuck in a rut at your job and need a brutally honest perspective about where you stand in business, how's this for a piece of advice? Someone once said to me, you know, a great way to look at your business is fire yourself and then rehire yourself five minutes later and then look at the business again as if you're just starting from scratch. In that, see what can be done differently. Okay, we welcome him in now as a boy. Our guest today had such a distaste for logos on his clothing that he used to actually cut the alligators off his Lacoste shirts. The irony there is he now presides over one of the most iconic brand emblems in fashion and outerwear. He is Danny Reese, the president and CEO of Canada Goose. He joins us from his cottage in Muskoka in Northern Ontario, Canada. Danny, great to be with you. Thank you for joining us on In Conversation with Shopify Plus. Thanks, Jason. It's great to be here and thank you for having me. Danny, let's begin with something of a state of the union for your company. What was the most difficult part of 2020 for Canada Goose? Wow, 2020 has been quite the year, hasn't it? I think um, one thing that has been very different about 2020 as opposed to any other year is things that used to be leading indicators, things that used to give, a, give me a sense of what's going to happen in the future just aren't there anymore. 2020 has been a year where we're basically navigating in the fog and it's been challenging. And, you know, the, the way around that challenge is is to very actively manage the business and to be looking at it at a much more micro level on a much more frequent basis than we have in the past. And, and you know, so far, so far, so good. One of the fortunate things for us this year is when the impact of the pandemic first hit. Fortunately, that was during our smallest quarter and in the softest period of our business historically. So so we had some time to, like we knew that would be a bad quarter or a hard quarter, and we got to learn how to try and navigate this year in a quarter that was far less material in future quarters. And I think that was a little stroke of good luck for us and has helped us along the way. I have a few quick items for you, Danny, about retail, because that has been another change of plans Canada Goose has had to announce. Your company, which long sold through department stores and through other retailers, has sold direct-to-consumer online since about 2014, before your first stores opened in 2016. And while you're by no means abandoning retail, at least in the short term, Canada Goose has signaled a slowing in its plans to open new stores. What do you need out of your stores in the long term, Danny? Do you imagine your stores will remain true profit centers for the business for some time? Or might we see them transform more often into showcases for your products, a place where shoppers can interact with Canada Goose items, but the transactions themselves 
actually happen online or elsewhere off the showroom floor? My vision for the future of, of how we transact with, with our consumers and our fans is that we want to meet them wherever, whenever, and however they want to shop with us. And whether that is in a physical environment, and we're, we continue to see, even in times like this, strengthen our actual bricks and mortar environments across the globe. China in particular is a strong market for us. And also there's been a big shift online, no question. And we've invested a lot there as well. And and I think that because we have so few stores today, relatively, and because our mandate is only to open the best and most important stores and the most important places and most iconic places in the world, I think that a hybrid and the full omni-channel experience where anybody anywhere in the world can interact with us at any time of day on their terms and get the exact experience that they want, that's that's the vision for the future. And, and we're making great progress towards that today. I'm very happy with where we are. And as you know, this space evolves so fast and you know, we're committed to keeping up and keeping pace right, right with that evolution and being a leader in omni-channel and in the way in which we interact with our consumers. Danny, your direct-to-consumer business is really coming on. As recently as 2016, e-commerce and retail accounted for only 11% of Canada Goose's revenue. And those categories now account for somewhere in the ballpark of half your business today. What's the percentage of direct sales versus wholesale that you think is about the ideal number for where your company would be healthiest? You know, it's hard to pick an exact number. I, I think that there is no question that we can continue to grow in DTC and ultimately have it be a larger percentage of our overall revenue than it is today. I think that at the same time, I know that there's a lot of opportunity for wholesale to continue to grow. And there is a role for wholesale to play in that they exist in a physical space in places where we will never open stores. And so it allows us to be introduced to new consumers around the world in a different kind of way. And so I think that our direct-to-consumer business will continue to grow and accelerate as it has been doing at a faster rate than wholesale is going to. And that will hopefully, I believe, result in us having a higher percentage of DTC than we do today overall. And that higher percentage would be a higher percentage of a bigger business. So we've established a little bit about where Canada Goose is today. Let's go back to 2001, the year you succeeded your father, David, as CEO of the company. Now, you have always said that you once had no interest in the family business, that you never wanted people to think you got a job just because your dad gave it to you. And indeed, it is inaccurate to say that you were simply installed at the top of the business because during summers while you're at the University of Toronto, you you mop floors, filled coats with down feathers, loaded trucks. You know, you did all the manner of non-glamorous jobs for Canada Goose. But the great part to the story is that not only did you take over as CEO from your father, you actually asked him to step aside because of the vision you had for the business and that you needed to officially take the reins to bring it to life. What kind of arched eyebrows did the boss's son, who held a degree in English literature, get for being that bold then at just 27 years old? First of all, I think my, my dad deserves a lot of credit for letting me try out the things that we tried out and that ultimately were successful. You know, at the time, obviously, as you said, I, I never thought I'd end up doing this with my life. That was 23 years ago. And, you know, here we are. I think that the story of the last 20 plus years is a story of turning a brand or turning a product that was an iconic product and a best in class product in some of the harshest places and coldest places on earth and, and turning it into a, a true global consumer brand that is now holds its rightful place in some of the greatest urban centers in the world. And so that's a transformation that I couldn't have predicted 20 years ago. You know, it was a step by step 
process. And I think that the way we got here in hindsight is by doing things that are unconventional. You know, at the time we made choices such as staying made in Canada. You know, we knew that by staying made in Canada, our products would have to be more expensive. And, you know, in making that choice, we were able to help create a category at retail of luxury outerwear, which did not exist to the extent it exists today, going back 15, 20 years ago. And today it's a massive global category and it's only growing. You know, we did that by making unconventional decisions. And I think that when you make unconventional decisions and you're successful in making those unconventional decisions, you become a leader in that category. And I, I feel that that's how, in a nutshell, how we've gotten to where we've got, which is that you know, we've made the unconventional decisions and they put us in a leadership position, which now we're a very relevant global brand and we have a tremendous platform to continue to grow from. Taking a quick break from our chat with Danny Reese to bring you a preview of our next episode in the series, our interview with Tim Brown. Tim is the one-time soccer star that went from the World Cup to Allbirds, the footwear and apparel brand he co-founded, which has really become one of the true darlings among retail startups and certainly is one company trying to navigate what seems to be the impossible. How to one day manufacture its goods without leaving any carbon footprint behind? One of the challenges with a topic like sustainability is that it means 10 different things to 10 different people. To you, it might be about air quality and water quality. It might be end of life, recyclability, animal welfare, human welfare within the supply chain. All of those issues are really important. They are critical, but they sometimes have competing incentives. And so the idea where we've landed as a business is that they must all ladder up to this unifying metric around carbon. Carbon is, is the thing that we must get under control. That was Tim Brown, the co-founder and co-CEO of Allbirds, who is next up in our series. Before we get back to Danny Reese, this show is brought to you by Shopify Plus, the enterprise platform that powers the very best brands in the market, from Allbirds and Gymshark to Staples and Heinz. And if you like this podcast, if you like what you're hearing, please visit Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Reviews are the number one way to support a show like this and make sure it gets in front of as many people as it can. So please take a moment to let us know what you think. And in fact, there is one thing I want to know from each of you. Who else do you think we should talk to for this series? Who do you want to hear from? Include that in your review and let us know your nomination for who our next guest should be on Apple Podcasts. Now, without further ado, let's get back to Danny Reese. Danny, when you took over in 2001, Canada Goose's revenue was $2 million per year. Now, your most recent fiscal year was slightly higher than that, you might say, at $958.1 million for the first time you were edging in on $1 billion in annual revenue for the company. What if I'm part of a company that's in a position like Canada Goose was not all that long ago? I've been in business for some time, and I'm doing well on the whole, but I feel that there is another stratosphere I could be operating in. From what you learned in the rise of Canada Goose... What advice might you give a brand that needs a similar shot in the arm to reach its full potential? I think that you know, our experience, my experience, was that it needed a different lens. It needed an external point of view, which apparently I had. I didn't realize I had it at the time. But I think that you know, coming in, having got my degree in English Lit and not in business, looking at it in a different kind of way, I made different kinds of choices. I think that if somebody had come into this company out of business school and just applied whatever they were teaching at the time, Business 101, to this business, I don't think we would be here today. I think it's a matter of if you were to find yourself in that situation of looking at the business and reframing it differently. You know, for me, it just was the natural organic thing to do because I wasn't in the business before and I came into it and I saw some things that I thought would be cool to try out and they worked. 
Someone once said to me, a great way to look at your business is fire yourself and then rehire yourself five minutes later and then look at the business again as if you're just starting from scratch. In that, see what can be done differently. It's really about changing the paradigm. And you know, our paradigm at the time was that we were private label manufacturer mainly, manufacturing jackets for other brands. And we had this product called, it was called Snow Goose then, it's called Canada Goose Now, and it was a cult product in the coldest places on earth. And I think that looking at that and making the decision ultimately to go away from private label manufacturing, to control our own destiny, to take the, to take the risk of abandoning that business and really leaning into our own products, which I learned were truly best-in-class, exceptional products. And this is actually how I learned about what a brand really is. I mean, you mentioned off the top about stories of, of me cutting logos off of my shirts and finding brands distasteful. When it really dawned on me and I really learned about what a powerful brand Canada Goose was because of the reputation that it actually had, I saw a tremendous opportunity because I also learned that people want real things. They want real brands. And today I do draw a big differentiation between real brands and not real brands. I clearly believe we are a real brand. I think that, you know, that was a very powerful unlock for us at the time. And we leaned into Canada Goose very heavily and started to seed the what was to become what we are now, which is a global luxury brand and the only one of our kind out of Canada ever, I might say. I wanted to ask you, Danny, a question about the public perception of Canada Goose. On the one end of the dial, you have a group of customers who agree Canada Goose is simply the pinnacle of outerwear. You know, the products do not come cheap, but they are so well made and so well styled that owning a parka and wearing it proudly brings with it an aura of luxury and exclusivity that is really something to aspire to. But you are also smart enough and self-aware enough that you know you have this whole other segment of people who view Canada Goose in an altogether different light. They disagree with how the company uses animal products in its clothes. And not only will they not become customers, but they're going to loudly object to the brand and the way it does business. From where you sit as president and chief executive, how do you interpret those two realities about how people see Canada Goose? I think that it does come back to authenticity and we make a best in class product. We're a function first product and uh, fur is the only product that works in extreme cold environments. I think that if you're going to be a large company, if you're going to have a large presence of any kind, you're always going to have people who are detractors. And, you know, we don't focus on that. We focus on doing the right thing. I think that, you know, I, my personal view is that business has to be good for the world and has to be good for the communities in which it operates. And aside from obviously sourcing all of our raw materials in a very sustainable and ethical fashion, on top of that, and on top of offering all sorts of variety in many of our styles, in fact, over half of our styles don't contain fur. But further to that, we're really committed to helping lead and to be a leader in social change and to be a leader in environmental change. I think that one of the things that has changed over the last number of years is that people have lost faith in governments to be able to make these sorts of changes because there's too much bureaucracy tied up in that. And I think that corporations are able to be more nimble and pivot more quickly. And we recently introduced our first ever sustainable impact strategy, which outlines a number of very bold initiatives to, to help contribute to that. Ultimately, we want to be a leader in helping to transform the apparel industry from an industry that is considered a highly polluting industry into a very sustainable industry. And I think that's very important. I think it's important for the company. I think it's important for the world. And the opportunity to be a leader at this kind of thing, which is critical for the world, is, is an exciting opportunity. And we're leading into it very hard. 
I want to thank our guest today. Danny Reese is the president and CEO of Canada Goose. He has been generous with his time and candor. Danny, this was fun. Thank you for being with us on In Conversation with Shopify Plus. In time, Jason. Thank you so much again for having me. All right. Thanks again to Danny Reese. And thank you again for listening. If you like what you heard today, more A-list guests are on their way. We've got Chip Wilson, the founder of Lululemon coming up, as well as Seema Bansal, who co-founded Venus A. Fleur. Her company makes the famous Eternity Roses, which you have no doubt seen on Instagram, if not for their Kardashian sisters posting about them alone. Do not miss an episode of our show here. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And to find more of our interviews with guests like Emma Greed, the co-founder of Good American, Roth Martin, who co-founded Rothy's, and Tamara Mellon, the co-founder as well of Jimmy Choo, visit us online at inconversation.shopifyplus.com. <laughs>